What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Nerd BS Podcast, where we talk about everything nerdy, which includes video games, tabletop games, and just general pop culture. And by the way, Nerd BS stands for Nerd Big Sisters. So if you ever had a big sister that just was beating the crap out of you, then this is your... No, I'm just kidding. I don't know where I was going with that. It stands for Backstory. We want to give you the backstory on who we are and what we like to do, which is a lot of video games, a lot of pop culture, and we love hanging out. We're three buddies. love to just talk about this stuff. I am Kyle, and with me today is Alan. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep, that's me. Uh, ready to get into more of this uh, BS this week and see what we can surface the mysteries of technology. Surface the BS. And with us as well is Tomas. Hi, I'm Tomas. I'll just give you a normal introduction. What's going on? Thank you. I don't know what I, there. I really appreciate that. Not that I don't appreciate yours, Alan, but a lot of BS. Let me just talk to you about the ways that you can cook BS. To, you I'm can call my nerd BS over you here. You can have it. You can have it raw. You can have it a la carte, which I think is still raw. You can have it. What else? Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Let me I... just interrupt you there before we get knee deep into BS. I do have a question for you guys. What do you get when you cross Sonic the Hedgehog and Curious George? A bad time. Too fast, too curious. <laughs> and on that note, welcome to the show, everybody. It is Halloween month, October. And I <laughs> thank you for like a half chuckle there, I guess. <laughs> but anyways, like I said, it is Halloween month. October it means that there's a lot of scary games being streamed on Twitch right now, which I love to watch. I, I can't really play them because they're a little too scary for me. But uh, with that in mind, I wanted to ask you guys, what is like your favorite scary moment in pop culture or in a video game? Let's start with Alan. I'm also the same with you on that regards. I, I love scary games. Uh, I love watching people play scary games, but it's always been a real difficult time for me to try to push forward on that control stick. I guess the one uh, one of my favorite times uh, with uh, some scary entertainment, um, I was with a couple friends, and even though I don't like playing these scary games, I love the thought of playing them, and I've always thought of really cool ways to play them uh working in a camp and living in one most of my life uh, we have a lodge that's a large building and uh we used to have this wooden plaque on the wall and it looked pretty creepy as an indian i think uh both of you have probably seen this uh, it's now in storage thank god but it was uh, pretty terrifying looking let's just let's just clarify it wasn't terrifying because it's an indian it was just it was terrifying because how it was <laughs> No, 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 no. It just was like, I assumed it was an Indian, but it was just like a, 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 a humanoid shape. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, what we're talking about. Push yeah. forward. Uh, we, had a, we usually have a big screen downstairs and we have couches around it. And at one point, uh, I was really curious and interested in the Fatal Frame series. Uh, so uh, I invited some friends up and the only people I could get were uh, two buddies of mine. We uh, we set it up and we shut off all the lights in that, that creepy lodge and just tried to play it for as long as we could. Luckily, one of them was really ballsy, but needless to say, uh, it was it was a creepy time and uh, I had a hard time sleeping after that for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're setting yourself up for 
bad things at that point. Well, me personally, I've I've played a lot of different scary games when I was younger. I haven't really played one in a while. Uh, I think the last one I really played was Fear. That's a good one. That's like a first-person shooter. Yeah. With a, with a good amount of horror elements in it, right? Yeah, a lot of jump scares. But honestly, the game I remember the most was a game called Onimusha. It's basically a game that takes place in feudal Japan where you're an oni hunter, well, demon hunter. And uh, th- at one point, there's this little doll that like, you'll hear a bell and she'll kind of just appear out of nowhere. And you really only option is to run. You can't fight her. You won't win. So yeah, I remember that. And my friend and I stayed up really late playing that and just freaked ourselves out with the dolly. We'd say she was the dolly and just that stupid bell, man. That would just get you. As soon as you heard the bell, you just leave the room. That does sound horrific. And I I think you showed me the clip of that not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah, I was like... um. I don't know if I'll ever play that game now. I can't. I can't go through with that. But for me, uh, I grew up in like the PS2 era. I think it was in high school around that time. And Silent Hill 2 was like this new thing. I remember, you know, Silent Hill 1 came out. I kind of skipped it. But Silent Hill 2 was this new shiny game, and I ended up buying it at uh, I think a Game Crazy, which was still around at the time. And I took it home and I like played it by myself immediately. I think because I know that the intro of that game, you start off in the bathroom of Silent Hill because you have a letter from your dead wife, and like it just it was so creepy. I was by myself and I made it out of that bathroom in the game, and like that was about it. I was like, turn it off, and I don't know if I ever went back to it. <laughs> uh, I since watched somebody speed run it, and I know how it happens, but. I can't, I can't physically control those games. I just enjoy watching them. And it's just, some of that stuff is really nasty, though. Like, some of those games, it's just gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember that game because I, I brought it to my, uh, when I was visiting my mom once. And uh, my stepdad actually just, like, sat there and played the whole thing. I was like, this is, like, super scary. I can't get past anything. <laughs> and, like, oh, yeah? and he just, like, put it in. And he just, I just watched him. I just sat there. He just went through the game with no problems. I was like, oh, yeah, he said, yeah, he looked at you and said, first time. <laughs> first time (laughs) but yeah sorry no worries speaking of nasty things we have some news this week and we like to do the good and the bad and the ugly of the news and we start with the ugly so we can end on a good note and the ugly news this week is that you guys got to be quiet because sony's listening to you probably right now Okay, I want this clarified because as much as people say this and stuff, I really think that companies have better things to do in their lives than just listen in on us and watch us and things like that. But, I mean, I could be wrong. Right, so let's just clarify what we're talking about. Uh, Sony, who is the PlayStation company, for those of you not familiar, I'm sure you've heard of Sony. Everyone knows Sony. They're listening to you right now. No, the new story is that they're listening to party chats through the PlayStation uh, in order to, and correct me if I'm wrong, to weed out toxic players and toxic people. But there seems to be an ugly side to this. Well, no matter, censorship is always ugly, so let's be fair. What do you mean? Well, I mean, this is obviously censorship. And while I don't agree with toxic players, this is what happens when you have a lot of people being toxic players this is repercussions this is this actually sounds to me like it's way overdue but Mm -hmm. interesting yeah that's a good point 
Like the, the it's like they got too far deep into it. Yeah. And now they're now they have to make a a change, and it's like, well, you haven't done anything yet, and now it's just it's ugly. And now you're going to be watched and listened to. So to be correcting here on this, uh, it was in their terms and services when uh, the PS4 came out. Uh, they've always said they can do this. It's just this is just being uh, brought to light during the current update. Um, but this was actually in their terms of services before that. I so this is a good point. Technically, nothing new. It's just blowing up yeah. now. And yeah. and I will agree. I will agree with its placement. It it is ugly. It, well, I mean, it's fortunate that we live in a place where people are allowed to speak their minds and freedom of speech and all that. But there are consequences to that. And I think this is true. this is one of the times where we're seeing where if you abuse your your ability to have the, the freedom of speech, there are going to be consequences for it. And honestly, I don't see why this hasn't happened before. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Like there's there's consequences to everything you do. And and I wanted to mention like always read the terms of service. Like I, I will admit I I don't always do that. You know, there's times where it's like, yeah, yeah, point and click. I agree. And, you know, it's like, we told you we're doing it. It wasn't really hidden. It's just kind of everyone's realizing it now. But going back to your point, Tomas, is that the consequences are like, yeah, now that you kind of have to, now you have to do all this listening and censoring when it could have maybe got taken care of earlier on in the lifespan of the PlayStation. Yeah, what I'm saying is, uh, like, if this is the reason that they're really listening in on it, and I'm sure there are people who will argue that it's not, but to me it sounds like a logical reason. So if this is really the reason that they're doing it, this is really at the fault of those toxic gamers that we have that we are all fed up with yeah uh yeah you're playing on their servers i suppose they have the right to do any policing that they feel necessary to keep their players happy although like i said earlier it's ugly it's true censorship is ugly anytime you get censored it sucks yeah see i don't i don't know i don't know if it's really censorship i mean they're not censoring anything they're just like punishing those who are toxic to other players well but then people people could argue well it's my freedom of speech to talk like that and things like that and then you're just you're gonna run into all that so i would just i would just avoid that argument right now and just say that it it is a censorship and then we don't have to worry about arguing over semantics but i i do understand what you're saying also alan some people could say like oh this isn't a censorship at all this is just punishment so uh, speaking of you know toxic people the bad news this week is we have you know the wonderful ea games and i'm being <laughs> sarcastic there ea has has quite a bad reputation at this point i would say for the most part and but yeah they have a lot of games and licenses locked in so they're they do a lot of sports games, and they're very popular. However, uh, they're in some hot water this week, particularly with the Switch release of FIFA. And correct me if I'm wrong, but basically the new uh, legacy FIFA for 2021, for I think it's specifically Switch, is that you're basically just buying a new roster. There's nothing been updated, nothing's been changed, same game, but you're paying full price for the new roster for this year. Yeah, this has kind of shown up from a lot of people, and it's always been the... Uh the negative stereotype of sports games that they come out every year and it's just a, 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 a roster change. Um, but the majority of the time, there is quite a bit of changes, under, not only under the hood, but even different features 
and uh, modes. But in this case, particular, which is talking about the Switch game, uh, FIFA 2021, 20, uh, it's it's literally just a copy paste job, and they've already done it once with a uh, FIFA 19 to FIFA 20. Uh, now they're taking 20 and copying it over to 21 um, with just a roster change and a new title screen. IGN gave the one previous, uh, I want to say it was a four out of ten, and now they're giving the 2021. A two out of ten, and they basically just dock two points. And he uh, it's actually a pretty interesting review, as he said. If you really want to know more about the game, go check my review from last year. Wow. So, yeah. Personally, I stopped buying sports games on release, and I mainly play NBA. But I, I stopped doing buying them years ago. I think. I mean, I bought. Well, I got the I got two K twenty because it was on sale for five dollars uh, digitally and that is actually a game that i don't want the physical copy of because man they do they depreciate in value and at this point it's the i wouldn't be mad if they were charging like a five dollar roster upgrade you know like to me that's that's what they should do if that's what they're doing but it's just bad even if the games came out every year with just a roster upgrade i don't i mean i can see if you're really making improvements to the feel and the moves and the the graphics of the game maybe justifying a same price release but yeah i i agree with you kyle i almost feel like you should just have the option to pay ten dollars and you get everyone from the west coast and ten dollars and get everyone from the east coast and there you go you've made 20 bucks and you got a game that would that's a good one yeah i've I've always thought that that was a a, an easy fix for a lot of these sports games was uh making them games as services in a sense because the game the game principles themselves don't usually change enough uh, to justify a full retail game Mm -hmm. uh, unless they fully remake it for instance we're in a new console generation jump and you know there may be some there may be a a valid reason to make a new game yeah Uh, yeah i see what you're saying it's like you release one game with every with every console right and then release just online upgrades right yeah you just do updates you 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 charge like 20 bucks for a new season essentially yeah similar to like Fortnite is kind of yes. what you're getting at is like yeah. that one's pretty well known and yeah it seems like that's where they should head but i'm not going to get into details but the i i've been looking up the new sports games for the new consoles and like you know like the transition stuff it's a mess it's a, it's an absolute mess that we can save that for next time i just was going to say they sell uh sports games yeah. sell yeah really they're well. still selling obviously otherwise yeah they yeah really well point. or else they wouldn't be doing this every year like <laughs> yeah it's very true but i think we might start seeing that shift because people are getting pretty tired of it however the good news is that the animaniacs are back and i couldn't be happier i sent you guys a trailer earlier today and i think alan watched it i don't know if you got to see it tomas but i am i'm happy i love the animaniac the animaniacs they're the Warner brothers right they're the in the show yeah, Warner the, brothers and the Warner sister died and the Warner sister yeah and the trailer was really funny i was really surprised it looks like they took care of the characters and it was just a silly funny trailer so i'm excited i think it's next month totally forgot I, <laughs> we should have this ready i'm pretty sure it's november i'm excited uh, for that yeah i also am really excited for that i remember growing up uh, watching that show when i was really little and my parents would see it and they were just like what what is this what are you watching and i was like it's like looney tunes when you watch you know <laughs> yeah that's true it was like the new yeah. age the modern looney tunes and so i mean 
Tiny Toon Adventure was on at the same time. It's true. It's true. I don't know if they're targeting it towards our age group, but uh, I'm happy. So we'll see how it goes. That's good news, though. Yeah, it definitely feels like they're targeting the nostalgia. But uh, for instance, before this trailer you showed me came out, uh, I was listening to, I watched another video where it showed the voice actors just portraying their roles with some clips of some uh, stills of what they were working on. And that sparked my interest to watch the original show with my son, uh, who enjoyed it just as much as I did, even though all the references went completely over his head. So this will be interesting to watch something more current. To me, and this is what's great about cartoons like this, is it doesn't matter the age group. They're still funny. Like... I can watch the Looney Tunes, like the old Looney Tunes, and still have a great time. I can watch the new Tiny Tunes, and, you know, I'd still have a laugh. Animaniacs, great time. Pinky in the Brain, oh my god. Like oh, They're back. So it's just like, I think no matter the age group, this type of slapstick humor that's really just kind of like goofy is great. Like, everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. You hear that? You better love it. Fight me on it. <laughs> It's an open invitation to fight Tomas. Uh, let's move on to the, our topic number one, because that's what we have written down, is general pop culture. I think I want to change that name, but obviously not tonight. However, I am not as up to speed uh, with the general pop culture. I will admit, I've been in a more of a video game mood, but there's a lot of news going on because you know shows are being made, movies are being made, despite there being a pandemic, which... I'm not even going to argue. They figured out a way. They put them in a bubble, whatever. I don't know what happened, but stuff's coming out and something to look forward to. This one, this one I do know about. I'm a little confused as to how it's all going to work in the universe, but Jamie Foxx will be coming back as Electro in Spider-Man. However, played Electro in a previous Spider-Man movie, but that universe is done and gone. And there's another, I don't know, maybe they'll do a multiverse thing, which would be cool. You know, that is the one Spider-Man I've seen the toby Maguire ones and after the toby Maguire ones i didn't really watch them again until the now newest ones with tom holland yeah i don't think i ever yeah i know i never saw this uh this spider-man you talk about the amazing spider-man with andrew garfield yeah i never saw this one i fell asleep watching both of them <laughs> really yeah <laughs> I actually remember enjoying the uh, second Amazing Spider-Man uh, more than the first. That was the one with Jamie Foxx in it, though, right? Yeah, this was the one where he he did he did do his, his electro role, um, and he did a decent job at it. And the combat was pretty fun, I, I thought. Okay, so let me ask you, Alan, who do you think is more memorable, Electro <laughs> or Vulture? Vulture? As in Michael Keaton? I'm what I'm saying is like I feel like Electro was kind of as well known as Vulture was, and then when Jamie Foxx portrayed him, all of a sudden the knowledge of Electro just went through the roof. And I kind of felt like it was the same way with Vulture, although I'm not sure because I've never really read that many Spider-Man comics, so I don't know how popular Electro actually was. I, I think I was talking in Discord not too long ago, and I actually thought Electro and Shocker were the same characters. So I played the Spider-Man game, and I, I thought at one point you fight Shocker, and at one point you fight Electro later on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, he's back. All right, he's back for round two. All right, let's do this. Uh, not even think about it. But anyways, uh, going back to your, your Spider-Verse theory, which is what I wanted to get on. Um, there's actually a rumor of uh, Toby Maguire being seen potentially uh, in this movie. 
which I'm totally on board for. Sounds like it's almost like they do the uh, what was the animated one that they did? The I can't yeah the, the name. Into the Spider Verse. Into it sounds like they're gonna do a live action version of that, which I would totally be on board for. I have to bring this up after Tobey Maguire's third adaptation of Spider Man. Do we really want to give it back to him? Hmm. I'm pretty sure that was a whole mess on its own accord. I mean, I don't think nope. Toby Maguire would but that, that talk movie. About, that is my Spider-Man. Are you dare, joking me? Don't you You're dare joking? talk about my, my oh Toby. Oh, my God. That way. That is <laughs> Toby Maguire was fine. I mean, <laughs> that movie itself had so many problems. But if you go back to Toby Maguire and Spider-Man 1 or 2, both those yeah. movies, incredible. I felt that the Goblin did far better in Spider-Man 1 than Toby. I don't even remember Spider-Man Two. What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, he did better, like acting? like he yeah he pulled the show. Well, it, it was Willem Dafoe. What do you want? Yeah, well, like, what yeah, I just, how, what sorry, I just, yeah, hey, hey, uh, hey, yeah, what I'm saying do. is if the man wants to stand <laughs> up in the big leagues, he needs to give a performance. <laughs> okay, and you telling actually, me you don't remember number two? I don't remember Dr. Octopus. Two at all. That's like oh, the best, yeah, best, that's the the one. best one yeah. in the trilogy. I don't, really I don't remember. Movie. I don't remember that one that well. And then I remember the butchery of three. Just like wow, yeah, three is... was a mess. It was just so much. But that, and, yeah. I, I don't think that was anybody's fault besides the people who were in charge of it. Uh, I uh, think everybody who played their roles, they did okay. Tom McGuire, at least the people who were already previous Slayer, the person they, who played they, Venom. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know why. I knew it was a bad idea before I watched it, and then when I watched yeah. it. We it, all agreed. It, yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. The first two, uh, amazing. So I would like to see. I would. Be, it'd be cool to get a nod, and that's kind of where we're at in this day and age with the whole nostalgia kick. And if we see Toby in there, uh, I know people are going to go crazy. So yeah. Well, and okay, I he, I call him my Spider Man because like that was like early high school, and it was. You have to admit when that first Spider Man movie came out, it rocked our socks because they hadn't done a really good comic book movie in a while. I will give you that the first one I really did enjoy, but I didn't feel like Tobey Maguire was the star of that one. No, I, I I will agree with that. Defoe was definitely better and also jameson uh what's his name the guy who played okay, jameson. jameson oh yeah he's uh, also uh yeah, he's already in the universe yes he's <laughs> oh, really the person who in the uh second spider-man movie uh he does make a slight appearance at the end i'm sure yeah. we're at the point where uh it's spoiler free territory i hope but yeah uh, he makes this very slight <laughs> uh, very slight uh appearance yeah. Well, I thought it was just a voiceover. I didn't think we actually saw anyone. Yeah. Very slight. <laughs> did you? Okay. You did get to see him. It was very short, uh, but it was like, it gave me like a, I don't know if it gave me a real chill, but I, it, it tickled my, <laughs> my nerd bone. Yeah. Um, and he's also a good JJ. <laughs> so then talking about actors and roles, uh, let's move on to Joaquin Phoenix. And I honestly, this is the first I've heard of this. Uh, so, but he's playing Napoleon Bonaparte. I am super excited about this. And when Alan made it apparent to me that he was going to do this, I immediately thought that there's not better actor for it. And you know why? You know mm -hmm. why I thought that? Remember a movie that came out in 2000, a little a little movie called Gladiator? I think yes, cool. that's exactly what I was thinking. Right? Him as the villain in that movie, him as Cosimo, uh, uh, Cosimo in that movie was just absolutely just breathtaking. 
it was on point. It was definitely on point. And I, it's like almost a similar character, I feel like. that. Yeah, I think it will be a very similar character, a very impulsive, a very uh, aggressive type of person who believes that it is their right to have something. But the difference will be is that in Gladiator, Cos Cosimo, he he's not very intelligent, whereas Napoleon is supposed mm -hmm. to be a mastermind. So I think it'll be interesting to see him play a more tactical savvy instead of impulsive and and lustful type of role. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll he'll live up to the Napoleon that I know from, we talked about this last week, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. <laughs> a lot of people uh, are using that gif. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, that was, you know, just on a whole side note, that, that seemed to be lacking in the new Bill and Ted. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but they didn't have, <laughs> Napoleon, he didn't come back, you know. And he didn't go in the water park. I don't know why that would be in the new one. But anyways, I'm excited yeah. to watch this. It's new exciting. Movie. It's going to be directed by Ridley Scott, which is, I don't know if he said that yet, but it's still really cool. I mean, Ridley Scott's great. I'm just saying that, uh, yeah, it sounds like a cool mashup. Yeah, I think it sounds great. And once again, you know, Gladiator, it's same director for Gladiator as well. So I was going to say a, a Gladiator quote, but I can't think of one. Are you not entertained? Oh, <laughs> gosh. Well done. I was going to say freedom, but that's definitely Braveheart. Close enough. I mean, different they all got different movie, but <laughs> they're, they're I'm definitely uh, a 19. Yeah, they all have swords and people get stabbed. I'm definitely a 1990s Mel Gibson fan, though. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Braveheart was yeah. good. And um, on, on the 1990s note, there is a new season of Fargo out. And really, I haven't seen it, but I'm going to watch it now based on Alan's review. So, Alan, tell me about this. Well, I was going to say, actually, before you say anything, Alan... I also will have to say I'm I'm probably gonna look into this, even though my first impression of this was like, eh, really? The thing with the really cool thing about Fargo, I've watched every season and they're all great. What's really fun about them, in my opinion, is they're all isolated in their own seasons. So you get a really solid good season each time. And it ends and it begins and you don't have to worry about it, it's going on forever. This particular season, if you like gangster or mobster movies. You're gonna be. You're gonna have a good time. Uh, you have a black mafia uh, versus an Italian mafia, and the black mafia is run by none other, none other than Chris Rock, who's playing a phenomenal role as a gang leader. It's it's an amazing story. If you've watched Fargo before, there are usually some uh, mysteries and even uh, unexplainable events, uh, more of the mystical side. Sometimes it, it it's all happening around this real important event uh which is going on uh, so like i said if you enjoy a good mafia gangster movie uh, hi i highly recommend just jumping into the fourth season you only have if you like this season go back oh, and watch the other ones they're all great it's too we're it's we're the on fourth yes fourth season oh wow yeah but if you want to just if you want to just go for this story jump into the fourth watch it if you like it if you really like the art style and everything else they're usually got really good cinematography good uh, script writing go back and watch the other ones but yeah you've you've mainly pulled me in on on the fourth one mainly because because I love movies like The Godfather, The Goodfellas. Yes, exactly. Uh, so this sounds really interesting. Yeah, I'd give it a go. I'd give it a go. Just fourth season. Uh, Don Hulu. What am I? Funny like a clown? What am I? Funny like a clown <laughs> to you? 
Wait, yeah, you, you think I'm funny? <laughs> and I really hope you guys check it out. And I hope I, I really want to hear your opinions on it too. If you do start watching it, just the first episode, trust me, just the first episode will get you hooked. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll give it a shot. Maybe we can recap on our next podcast then about it. I, I think that's a good idea. I'll give it a shot. I will give it a shot to you. Cool. So that being said, let's move on to topic number two for this podcast, which is kind of where the zone my brain has been at lately. It's video games. And I, I'm excited. There was a lot of Prime Day deals I got, even though I think I talked to Alan this week about like semi-boycotting Amazon to support local business. Like, gosh dang, those deals are good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where they get you. They get you, get you good. But uh, there is a local store I support that I, I, I'm able to go to every once in a while. It's actually in Fontana. And which is a little distance away from where I'm at. I don't know if anyone listening knows where that's at. But anyways, I get to go there like once a month and it's great. Let's go into the video games and talk about them specifically. Super Smash Brothers is a game that came out 2017 for the Switch, the Switch one Ultimate. When did that come out? 18? Uh, Smash Brothers? Oh man, yeah. I, I think it, didn't it come out like right when the Switch came out? I don't think it was too long. Yeah, no, it was an opening game for the Switch, wasn't it? I don't think it came out right away, but it was pretty really? that year. Yeah. It came out within the I year. Like, yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's been out, what I'm saying, it's been out for a while, but they're still updating it. And like, I love that because it is definitely a Nintendo supported game to see the, the level of care that is being brought to such a great franchise. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. So at least two, two years, going to be three years pretty soon. So how big does this make the roster then? Over 20, over 30, over 40? Oh yeah, characters. Yeah. I, I have unlocked two. I, I, I have all the characters. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the roster just keeps growing. And as uh, somebody said uh, on another podcast I was listening to, it's just what's so great about these Smash Brothers games. They're just a love letter to Nintendo, and now a love letter to just video games in general, which is really cool. Yeah, well, there, there's a new fighter that just came out last week, and I've been I've loved all the new fighters when they had the Joker from Persona, which I heard was a little OP, and then they had Banjo Kazooie come out like those. I was just like blown away that they're able to get those characters in there. Um, I'm still glad they're out new characters. Just this recent one for me personally, I was like, eh. I can leave it. Uh, which is and it's Steve. Sorry, it's Steve. And that's all. No, it's Steve from Steve Minecraft. Steve from Minecraft. Yeah. So it's you're playing a block. It's your, there's a block running around. This is so much fun. If you've watched any of the footage of it, uh, the character they've actually created biomes for each of the levels uh, that you can actually harvest specific materials to create specific things uh, for this character. I played this trailer for my for my son and he is absolutely in love and wants to get it so bad but wait like what can you make so you could so if you haven't played minecraft it's like making pickaxes making blocks you can actually create structures on the level to block uh people uh the character is like playing 4d chess luckily uh, they made it so if you're playing the normal battle stages which uh, most people do in tournaments there is a way to adjust which biome you want to be on uh, for the character during the fight so basically it'll play different on different biomes what is a biome i don't know what that what that means biome is like, like a desert compared to a forest compared to a snow level uh compared to oh, stuff okay. like that so like depending on what stage he's on he has a different weapon set pretty much he creates his own weapon set essentially so he is a very complex character it's gonna be very interesting to see where he lies up uh, with the tier 
And yeah, I know you said Joker was OP. Yeah, a lot of the characters do come out OP, but they do a decent job of balancing yeah. for as well as they can because the game is so massive. I'm not worried about it because like Smash Bros. has always been unbalanced to a degree, and it's really just how much do you play it? Are you good at it? You know, developing skill. That's really that's what it really comes down to, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But there's another uh, thing that Nintendo is supporting, which is like for me, I I, I don't collect too many of them, but uh, the amiibos is what I'm talking about. The little collectible figures that you can scan into the games and work work with Smash Bros. and they work with most Mario games. And there's they, there's new ones coming out. It's like man, those those have been around for a decade. Like that, yeah, those, those have been, been around, around for a while. while. I remember I bought one for for Alan's kid for his birthday one time. Which one? Oh, uh, what, what one did I get? You told me to get him a specific one. Uh, <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, get it, get it for my kid. That this is the one he wants. Well, he he told Not for me, me. He said this is the one that he wants, and I said, all right, I'll get that for him. I, I don't remember which one in particular. I don't remember which one it was. It's displayed on Alan's Switch now because yeah, I think oh, it was all the rooms. We own are in the same spot in my house on my beautiful <laughs> altar on top of my TV. Oh, you do have a Nintendo <laughs> altar. Yeah, I think I said that. Yeah, when we talked about it, I have an amiibo altar. It's just all yeah. the amiibos. I mean, not all of them. I have a just a large percentage. I have two, three. Nope, <laughs> two. <laughs> I tried to collect. Well, uh, I have three because I'm Sonic. I, I do have all the Fire Emblem characters, and I have most of the Zelda ones because those are those are pain to find for the some Zelda reason. ones. Yeah, man. Zelda, I want the Zelda like ones, but good one luck. Yeah, I don't know. That's annoying. So I know what to get to Moss for Christmas. It is an amiibo. <laughs> Steve I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. <laughs> you have a Switch? You can use it. Yeah, I have a Switch, but I guess, yeah, I, I don't know what game I'd use it on. I'll tell you where you can put it. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I kidding. told you, I buy I buy my Nintendo devices strictly for Pokemon. That's that's about it. Oh, well, I, I don't know if you can use it on. I don't play Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, but the one I'm really excited for is Banjo-Kazooie, the Amiibo. And it's like, you know, Alan, you said you, the ones you care about. I've never really cared about the Amiibo, like, specifically. I like them. I got, like I said, I think I have three for display purposes. But the Banjo-Kazooie one looks so cool. And I, gosh darn, I love that game so much. Um, I will be getting that one. Yeah, they have Terry, Banjo-Kazooie. You may not care about this one as much, but uh, Beleth, uh, the star of the new Fire Emblem game. Um which is kind of annoying because in the previous Fire Emblem games, the uh, leader uh, or the the uh, protagonist in the game, because you can create your own character, was given a male and female variant. Uh, but this time it seems like they've only made the male variant of uh, the Amiibo. So I don't know if we're going to get another one later or what. Um, That's odd. Yeah, it's weird, but it might be just something they're going to do later. Time will tell. And yeah. so on that note... We have another update to a game been around for a while. Uh, it's called Smite. The Smite is the game. Alan got me into it because they were having a deal where if you pay ten dollars, you get all the you get to unlock all of the gods, which are like the characters, and then any incoming ones too. It was like a yes. deal. Of just you, whatever new ones come out, you get those too if you bought this deal. But the Ninja Turtles are coming out for it, and I haven't played in a while, and I can't wait to to get back into it. Yeah. Uh, I actually played the trailer for my son, and he was excited too because he also likes Ninja Turtles. Uh, they look incredible. 
uh, the four there are skins there are skins of previous gods which means you have to have uh, the battle pass to get them um Ooh. and all four yeah i know all four are going to be with the battle pass the only thing that sucks is today i found out that uh splinter and shredder are also involved uh and but they are not in the battle pass so you have oh. to do them separately which is frustrating how is this not the bad news <laughs> how <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a little frustrating. I, I found it out really right before because I watched a video on it. Uh, I actually have a list of all of them if you really care what gods they're each representing, but I figured you could find that on your own. It's still really cool, though, and I was actually looking forward. They already had a Cthulhu recently, which really wanted me to get back into the game, and now this is just the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a super fun game. Really great multiplayer online with friends, and like, what a better what's what's better than getting the four turtles together to just smack some people up so it's called smite it's on everything you can play it uh, i played on switch and then alan plays it on his ps4 it's cross play it's great we're not sponsored by them but maybe we should be because we're really we're really boosting it up here so uh moving on though <laughs> that splinter skin yeah just yeah give us the i want shredder give me shredder <laughs> moving on though well, there's other news in video games um uh, Microsoft is partnering with the video game store GameStop, which is, uh, I like GameStop. It seems to get a lot of hate online from things I read, and it's not undeserved. GameStop has had a lot of ups and downs, and if you look at their stock prices, it's it's not looking good. But it's interesting because a while back, they had the former marketing director, I think, from Nintendo, Reggie fils uh jumped onto their board. Uh, for GameStop, which was a good move for them. But it's been quiet ever since. Uh, but now this Microsoft partnership is a, a glimmer of hope, I'd say, for a company that seems to... Uh, well, they've been closing stores. They've closed hundreds of stores this year alone, and I'm sure the, the lockdown with quarantine didn't help either. Have they announce what their plan is with this merger or like what what is microsoft looking at at doing with this type of a partnership yeah good question so in the article that i read it says microsoft is going to be able to share and this is kind of, i don't know if this is good or bad for the general public but microsoft is going to be able to share information with gamestop based on your purchase history and and just um you know like your gaming history uh, to better sell, to upsell Microsoft stuff. And so this, uh, it's, I mean, it comes from Microsoft.com in the news. There's so the you, so do you think these are going to become like Apple stores? Like GameStop is going to become Microsoft's little Apple store now? Uh, Microsoft already had a Microsoft store, so I don't think they would do that. Because no, I was just going to wonder if they were going to use it to to push product or, or what. I don't know. Uh, they didn't really... They were... We'll probably use it to push Microsoft products, that is for certain, but it is definitely, they're just probably going to keep the name GameStop because people still like it. Yeah, I wouldn't change the name either. I think it would be a bad move, and they don't really discuss too much about mm-hmm. the store. My guess is that they would get a, like a section dedicated, you know, like probably yeah. closer to the front or whatever, uh, I would hope, uh, if I was running the company or the business be like hey we, we have to be upfront but here's here's just a couple things that they say increasing focus on cloud-based services presenting execution and competitive risks you know there's a lot of jargon in here but disclosure and misuse of personal data that could cause liability and harm to our reputation communication thing again quality or supp- supply problems 
it, it just seems like uh, it's a good thing for both to be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, you know, I think we talked about last time, Microsoft is making big moves. This is about yeah. like a small move. Yeah, well, that's why I asked, because I was wondering if they were trying to get away to maybe limit. I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't be dumb and say Sony can't sell here, but at least you limit the amount of Sony products and increase the amount of Microsoft products. Like, you know, Uh, there might be like a benefit to Mm -hmm. buying from the GameStop store, Microsoft, who knows, time will tell, but it's just kind of the start of this partnership and, and I'm looking forward to it because I'm turning into a little bit of a Xbox fanboy and we'll see how it goes. But, uh, moving on to the next point, Spider Cat. It just says Spider Cat. Tell me about Spider Cat, somebody. So Alan showed this to me, <laughs> and it it is great. I don't understand necessarily. It looks like a mission in the Miles Morales Spider Man game, but it it does look freaking adorable. I'll let Alan give you the whole scoop on it, but I just had to say that there's not a there's not a whole lot of information out there that I've seen. But yes, it does start with a mission. But if you watch the end, uh, there was a a finisher that the cat was involved in. And from what I've understood in the little bit they've released, that's pretty much all it will do in combat wise is when you do a finisher. And if you've played the original Spider-Man game, when you do finishers, they're they're They vary uh, which one will pop up as you're doing. And I'm assuming that's just one of the ones that'll pop up. I just thought it was really cool. I would check it out. If you're just listening to this, go check it out. It's just a cool little addition that they just showed out. That's going to be in Spider-Man Miles Morales. And it kind of made me more excited about playing it. Nothing major. Yeah, it does. It really does go. You make you go like, okay, yeah, I kind of want to play that now. (laughs) (laughs) Spider-Cat? Spider-Cat. Yeah, I was going to say, are they going to introduce Spider-Pig soon? Or... (laughs) (laughs) It's it's inevitable, inevitable next step. Did you want to talk about rockstar briefly uh yeah it's not a huge news anyway oh, it is huge news but i mean big news but not really huge uh just rockstar bought uh ruffian games uh ruffian games uh, does not have a huge catalog uh but for those uh familiar with the crackdown series uh they are responsible for the first oh! two uh <laughs> yeah yeah they were two. the first two uh, the third one, um, I it did say their name on it, and I had to look at it uh, for a second. But the only reason it says their name on it is because they used assets uh, in the third one that Ruffian created. <laughs> so they actually didn't really have a lot to do with the third one, but Snuck they it in there. supplied the assets from the second one. Does this mean we're going to get a, a crackdown on PlayStation? Because uh, I could love that. not. Like I said, the last the third game uh, was created by a different developer. Uh, it is because uh, Microsoft produced it. So Microsoft owns the rights to Crackdown. Uh, they're just a developer on it. By the way, it's on Game Pass. <laughs> but their catalog is not that much bigger than that those games, so I'm curious what Rockstar... They're changing their name. Changing their name, they're not going to be Ruffian Games anymore. It's another division of Rockstar. That's all it pretty much is. It's all we know, and we don't know what they're going to be working on. Cool. I definitely enjoyed Crackdown games. Yeah, those were so fun. Uh, it's going to be known as Rockstar Dundee. There we go, Rockstar Dundee. I knew it was something uh, uh, weird. Something in the, out, <laughs> something in the outback yeah. for you. Yeah, something in the outback. But I, I, I don't know if they are. are they some sort of Australian game developer. There's, I know there's quite a few Australian game developers. Yeah, I don't know if Crackdown was done by them. I mean, not Crackdown. I don't know if uh, uh, 
ruffian is rough i don't know if ruffians in australia yeah but... that would make sense and that brings us to our topic number three which is tabletop games and we have some D news and for our D fans uh, Kurt, let me see if I can say this. Let me see if I can. Curse of Jang Strang. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm wrecking it on purpose. What is? Tell me. Uh, Curse of Strahd. It, all, all. So I'm uh, as as I've said in a previous episode. I'm running Curse of Strahd right now, um, and I'm was, playing. And he's playing. Yes. It, this is not huge news. This will go quick. Uh, all it is is they are doing some style and function updates on the D&D Beyond. It sounds like they're starting with their most popular module, which is the Curse of Strahd. Uh, they're basically just changing some page themings, colors, styles, uh, making it easier to use on your phone, adding more hyperlinks. Uh, basically, they're, they're doing a bunch of quality of life stuff uh, on D&D Beyond right now with uh, the Curse of Strahd. It really sounds cool, and they're actually adding some more art and things of that nature, and better high-quality uh, handouts. Uh, it just shows that D&D Beyond is is taking some real heavy initiative at making D&D not only uh, easily accessible, but also a sight to behold uh, as you're looking and reading at this stuff on your computer screen. Small story, but I just got to keep games, tabletop games, in our podcast. <laughs> Small story, big adventure. That could, that could be their logo. <laughs> I I unfortunately don't play. I've I've been invited. It's not like they they kicked me out or nothing. But I just I don't have the it's, time. Forbidden. I have a, I have a small child that demands a lot. It feels too good for us, but we. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's a given. <laughs> that's clearly a given. <laughs> um, one one thing that we are able to do together is, but we play games together on a weekly basis i know we've missed a couple this recently but uh we usually we've played marvel ultimate alliance and then monster hunter we played a couple other things but this month moving into the next section of our podcast there's a game so dastardly that they put it for free on playstation plus now correct me if i'm wrong but the correct pronunciation of this game is called vampire that i would say vampire i mean that's how i would say it. i don't know if it's right but it sounds cool. It's it's spelled like vampire, but uh, instead of an I, there's a Y without an E. And it's kind of cool. Like, it definitely catches your eye. Just the name. You're like, ooh, that's, I know what you're going for. And then the picture is a dude, you know, wiping blood off his mouth. You know what you're kind of getting into with this game. But uh, it's very fitting for the Halloween month that there'd be a vampire game. And I think all three of us have started playing it in some fashion. I, I barely got through the intro, um, but it, it, it caught me. It, like, it got my attention. I just didn't have time to keep going. Yeah, I've actually gotten up to the second chapter, I think even maybe to the third. I think I've just finished the second chapter, although I'm not sure. But it is really interesting, and it is a really fun game. The combat on it is... It leaves something to be desired. It's not the greatest combat system in the world. But I would say if you're interested in a game that has a building story with lots of questions that you slowly start to get to tick off the answers and really figure out what's going on, it's a really fun and in-depth story. It is a dialogue-based game, though. It is not an action-based game, I would definitely say. Yeah, I would agree. Like the the, It's a little... It's not smooth, the action and the fighting. It, it does its job, though, because you're right. It's the story more focused on. And the characters are really well 
not just drawn out, but literally like written and um, voice acted has done really well. And I was going to say, I mentioned this, but the company that does it also did a game called Plague's Tale. It's called uh, Focus Home Interactive. And they did a game, which is also on Game Pass. Game Pass is called The Plague's Tale. And that game, I absolutely loved. It, it caught me, like it got me so hooked that I ended up beating it in like a few days. And if you couldn't tell by from the title, it's about uh, being in the plague. When was the bubonic plague? What century was that? Where's my history major? It depends. Like the Black Plague broke out in Europe multiple times, fifteen, fifteen or fourteen hundreds, I think. It's around that time, you know. It's before TVs. So that's all I know from history. <laughs> but it was like that, you know, you had you can't go near the rats, and the rats are afraid of light, and so it's just, you know, like the combat wasn't excellent, but the story just kept you going and going until you got to the end. You just had to finish it, and that's what I'm looking forward to because I didn't know that vampire was done by the same company so i'm really excited to to get through it now yeah uh so uh what what i found the most interesting about this game and i've, I've been playing a little bit too i haven't got as far as tomas but i've gotten a little further than kyle and what i explained it to my wife and i thought and she actually uh thought it sounded pretty interesting as well uh what's really cool about this game i don't think it was brought up yet is that uh, not only are you a vampire, but you are actually a, uh, a phlebotomist-focused surgeon. And so the the core of the game is basically deciding if you're going to follow your urges by uh, feeding on people or actually follow your Hippocratic Oath and try to help them. The, that's the crazy part, in my opinion, that's like really makes it very interesting. Yes, I agree. That's what makes this game have a really good pool is this this moral debate that you end up having with yourself yeah it's a it's a great conflict to be part of and i think they do like i'm I'm curious to see what this company has done otherwise because there's a two good games the indie of the month right this is our independent yeah game that tomas actually played we had to make yeah. a note of it tomas has played the most of it actually out of all of us he does like indie games but they have to be dark and gritty and they have to be, you know, it has to be some sort of combat. Now, there's two things I want to say about this. Number one, the load times are terrible, at least when I was playing. Oh, they're, yeah. They're atrocious. Um, any game where you have to put up your pick, when, you, when you're able to pick up your phone and start looking at stuff on Twitter uh, while you're waiting for the game to start again, uh, it's too much. Second, did you notice the doctor's coat? The, one of the first people you meet, uh, he has his coat is like brown, but for some reason has like no texture. Like everything else has texture except for his coat. I didn't notice. It is really bizarre. You you might see it. I don't know if you keep talking to him. I feel like he's a recurring character. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, but look at his coat, his brown coat. It is like the most blandest coat for some reason. I don't know why. But everything around just looks weird. <laughs> just looks really out of place. Uh, but anyway, two gripes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah, exactly. That's the. That's the drawback of the the indie games of the month is that you're not going to get the the clean cut, you know, Final Fantasy VII remake polished to the crisp. But, um, you know, and those things can kind of pull you out of the atmosphere a little bit. I will admit, like, The Plague's Tale, although I loved it, they had its moments like that. So, however, it's if you have PlayStation Plus subscription, you get to play it for free. So, I think we all recommend it. Yeah, I definitely so, recommend it. Yes, yeah. definitely. But maybe that's something we could do in the future, like recommend or don't recommend. But um, that that is our indie of the month. Uh, anything you guys are looking forward to uh, playing or in general? Well, I'm looking forward to 
Assassin's Creed, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, holla at your boy. Uh, anyways, <laughs> oh <my> goodness. Uh, <laughs> um, so Assassin's Creed Valhalla is coming up, and I don't know about everyone else out there, but me personally, I've I've loved Assassin's Creed from the first one. I even played three all the way through, and I did it. It was it had its moments. Uh, I really liked what Origins and Odyssey did. I know that some people feel like they really tried to force in microtransactions. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel like you had to grind to get anywhere. But one thing that I did not enjoy about Odyssey and Origins was the combat, although good, wasn't so impactful. And what I mean by this is like if you play Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or if you play Assassin's Creed Revelation, Assassin's Creed 2, if you play any of the Ezio ones, the, the counter system in those games, the way that you finish someone off is very real. You feel it when you break your opponent's leg. It's like, oh, you know, and I'd like that kind of combat more than the quick poke and you drop. You know, like, yeah, that was cool, but... But, what? okay, the what is the quick poke? Give me an example of a quick poke. In Assassin's Creed Odyssey, when you had the spear, you could run up to someone and you would jab the spear in them and you would pick them up and you would just kind of keep running. <laughs> it's a cool thing, but it just lacks any of the impact, I feel. Like, you don't feel... Your character doesn't stop for a moment. It's like he just picked up a body and he's like walking around as if he picked up a piece of paper like, yeah, you know, <laughs> and in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, from what I have heard and from what I have seen, they are apparently going to go back to that very visceral style of combat, that combat where you can feel the weight of your hit when you're watching the screen. Like it looks intense and it feels powerful so i am extremely excited for assassin's creed valhalla and i think anyone should get these games and love them and if you don't i guess it's your bad fight me on it <laughs> you're in a you are in a fighting just breaking leg <laughs> kind of mood tonight i wanted to ask you something though what's your favorite assassin's creed game it's a tie between Revelation and Brotherhood, I still don't feel like they've made a game up to that standard yet. Would those, either one of those be good to start? Like if you're just starting the Assassin's Creed? You can start Assassin's Creed without playing the first one. You don't need Altair's story. So yeah, to pick up at Ezio would be fine. And then stop. Don't play Assassin's Creed 3. It's a bad <laughs> idea. It will turn you off of the whole series. There are a lot of them that have come out. And I have a couple that I haven't gotten around to playing. I think Origins is one of them that I have. Which is waiting. Going along the lines of which ones to start. Because I've never played an Assassin's Creed either. But I they did give away Freedom Cry. So I have that. I just downloaded it on my PS4. I was, I was going to give it the old college try. Is that a good place to start? It sounded interesting to me. Yeah, Freedom Cry is actually really fun because Freedom Cry, they're picking up from the Black Flag. And Black Flag was an excellent re-kick to the system, like a revitalization. So yeah, and Freedom Cry is not a whole Assassin's Creed game. It's It was an add-on. And yeah. so 
you don't have to play 18 plus hours to finish the game. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it gives you a good little understanding of what the sea battles, especially. Oh, you'll, you'll love those. Those were so fun. Yeah. I, I like that. It was like shorter. It sounded like it was shorter because it was an add on. So I was like, oh, okay, well maybe this will give me a good demo. Yeah. And you might want to go with that, but Kyle, if you already own brotherhood revelation or assassin's creed two, just pick it up, play for five, 10 minutes at a time. You don't have to commit more than that because you can just save and go do something else. But the story might grip you sometimes where you're like, no, no, five more minutes. Uh, yeah, I believe I have two as well. Like, But it's only a loose copy on PS3. And th that's what I wanted to talk about this week was that I'm actually selling all my games that don't have cases for them. And I'm pretty sure Assassin's Creed 2 is one of those games because it just bothered me. First of all, I look in my game case because I have one of those big disc cases that had like, you know, the old CD case you put in your car Yeah, yeah. back in the day when you had a CD player. Like I have several of those that hold all my disc games and I would look through them occasionally and be like, oh, I forgot I had that. <laughs> um, because when it's on display and I can see them on the shelf, at least I go, oh, yeah, that's right. I need to get around playing that or I need to go trade it or whatever. But like to I forget which game I even forgot I had, but I ended up started buying like games i already owned which mm. was a problem <laughs> you know it's like okay <laughs> and, and i told my wife i'm doing a mass overhaul of my games if they don't have a case i'm either gonna buy a case for it because ebay has a lot of that uh -huh. and or sell them and then rebuy them with the case <laughs> like i've sold quite a few already i usually just bunch them together and sell them all at once trying to save time but i I've, I've made a few hundred bucks and bought a few back already but it's it is, I'm going to lose a few games in the process, which is a good, it's fine. It's a fine thing. So if, if I could ask, like, how many games is this? Oh, like, how many games do I have, or how many? How many games do you have that you're, that you're selling that don't have cases? And oh, stuff? I would say, so I looked at my PS3 case, which had the most games out of all of my consoles, and games that didn't have cases was at least 50. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've been trying to sell them off, like, here and there, and I'm kind of in the middle of it, but I'm getting down to it. Do you still have Batman uh, Arkham Origins? Yeah, I, got, I have all the Batman and cases for them on PS3. The game was great. I don't care what critics say, man. I <laughs> love that game. That game is rad, and I'm glad I'm keeping that, because I will probably play that one again sometime. It has to be in the winter, though. I can't play those games in mm -hmm. the summer. It's got to be cold. It's got to be a little bit rainy at least. But yeah, I still got those. And I also learned that they have these packs on PS3. Like they have the Assassin's Creed trilogy that you could just buy all at once. It's like, okay. That's what I would say is the perfect way to start if you're not going to do what Alan did. What Alan did is another great way to start because it's not that expensive and it's not that long. Yeah. But if you want to, if you just want to go, screw it, I'm really going to do this, then get that three pack because those three games really created this platform for Assassin's Creed that I really feel like it has struggled to reattain. And I really hope, well, I say this with, with each Assassin's Creed, I really hope this one is, is going to be the one, you know, so. Oh, so you're saying that this one is Neo? <laughs> In, in my personal opinion, I feel like those those three games, two, Brotherhood and Revelation, were the best Assassin's Creed games that they ever came out with, personally. So check those out if you haven't. Uh, that actually concludes Tomasa and I, we kind of combined there, our soapbox time. And 
Alan this week has a conversation point, though. I brought this up a little while ago uh, with the crew, not on the podcast. And I was told that you got to discuss that on your own time. So I guess this is my time. Uh, <laughs> the cost of games. This is a big topic. It's, you hear us probably talking a lot about buying games on sale, watching that and playing that game, which is what I do mostly. I know Tomas one is uh, he's he's a big proponent of I don't know about proponent, but he does buy games new quite consistently, which is good for him. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's actually a really good thing to do because that's where they're going to get the most money. Uh, but the primary thing for this is uh, it's sounding more and more like uh, next generation PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X that the premier price for brand new AAA games will be going up to $70 instead of $60. Now, what's really crazy about this is these same games will be selling on PC for the continued $60 price. Also, any game that is being released for the previous generations will also be sold at the $60 price unless it's on PS5 or Xbox Series X or Xbox Series S. So do you folks think that the raise in price is justified? And if so, why? If not, why? First of all, tell me, what is the price increase? What are, what are we looking at? So the current AAA price, that seems to be a gentleman's agreement, because they can't technically say it's that price, because, you know monopolies and whatnot but the gentleman's agreement seems to be about 60 bucks if you go buy a game brand new currently you're going to be paying 60 dollars for that game uh, next generation on specifically ps5 xbox series x and xbox series s will be 70 dollars a 10 dollar increase so it's we're jumping up 10 dollars, and i can't remember games being cheaper than 60 dollars for a long time there might have been a time in the xbox era but like even nintendo 64 games were 60 bucks which was in the 90s and so uh although personally my wallet won't like it i think it's we're due i think we're just due for an increase because of inflation i kind of agree with kyle because i do remember that when i got my 64 and i i got mine late um, I actually got mine as a hand down from a friend. I, I was buying games at the same price that everyone else who had the new system, the new PlayStation, the new Xbox, you know, they they were buying games at the same price I was. And so, yeah, I kind of felt robbed with the 64 when I'd look at their graphics and be like, well, why am I paying this price when I can have that versus the new system? So I felt like I, I want to be able to pay that price and have those kind of graphics. And so I felt like I was being robbed then, but then once I had a, a system that could put out those graphics and I had the same graphics as everyone else, I felt like it was fine. In terms of going up to $70, yeah, I think that's just kind of inflation. I mean, you could argue, well, the game's harder to create, isn't it, with the new system and everything? It's got to take more time. Yeah, that was a point that I was going to bring up that I think is what's in, the, in this general discussion about this is that it costs more to make these games. There's more going into it, more time at, at the very least, I would imagine, to create the graphics of it all. And especially learning new consoles. I mean, it is interesting that you say, Alan, that for the computer games, though, the price isn't going up. So 
in that kind of sense, I'm kind of curious as yeah. to so that uh, this is where it becomes tricky. Is this sounds more like a scheme to dip their water into a higher price point? And while I under I understand uh, this is that's the type of stuff that's been thrown out a lot is games take longer to make and such and such and take more time and all these things, which uh, granted is a is is a very true. Uh, thing but I, I i disagree i think we're in a multi these are multi-billion dollar companies and if you ever look into where their money is being put uh, it's never in the appropriate places it's never going to the game developers i mean they make a lot of money and the majority of it goes to the higher ups it doesn't make any sense to to raise the price like this i would be okay is what i'm getting at if they raise the price to 70 dollars. i would be okay if we struck all microtransactions out of games that have Ooh. a full retail price now that would make it justified now you're talking like if you were to get rid of microtransactions and that was something about uh not really a complaint about smash bros earlier we're talking about but i because I, I like that game but like to i would like to have all the characters you know just i want to buy it all at once i don't want to have to buy each pack and it's not so much that i mind paying per character but can i just get them all at once and i know they're you know coming out with new stuff and that's not so much i think what you're saying alan the microtransactions are a little bit different like buying a skin or something yeah that that's a different yeah dlc is like adding yeah it's like adding new characters and such and and for instance these packs these characters were not planned before the game came out these characters have made deals and they've been from what i've understood they talked about steve essentially he took a lot of extra effort because they had to not only create the character but they had to go back and recreate every stage and add all the new elements he was going to need for them they also had to do the same thing for kirby now because kirby Uh takes his powers and so he has this very similar thing and so now they have to they have to rework everything around that character. So that character has put a lot of work in the game is what I'm getting at. So here's the question, though, for you, Alan, because you've played more computer gaming than I have. I don't know about Kyle. Maybe you have as well. But here's my question is, how is Microsoft excusing the fact that their Xbox games cost $70, but their computer games cost 60 So this is where we're in a really shady area where it's like, because they can, they're not, they don't have to justify it. They can say, we're going to make this new price for the new console because it's all new. PC doesn't really become new. It's just constantly progressing, which is what consoles kept saying they were going to do. So that's how they get around it is they just can and they don't say anything. But yes, and PCs are can technically be more powerful than consoles, but you got to put the money in for it. Here's my my point to this is that it is you were saying that like the higher up and the, where the money's going, it almost is a business tactic. If your company is selling these games and they're selling well and you know you have this client base it's almost, you know, the old classic supply and demand. Like, well, we're going to up the price unless yeah. it's, you know, unless it goes down. And so, I, you know, it's just, Tomas was saying it's kind of inevitable. It's not that I'm a fan of it either, because again, like my wallet's going to be hurting. I don't buy a lot of games day one. Sometimes I do. And I do buy a lot of pre-owned on eBay, secondhand shops. But it's still, it's just, it's going to raise, I think, the price of a lot of games overall regardless yeah and i think it's just more shady than anything else especially when we're at this point in our state of video games 
where the majority of the games I know I purchased, the majority of the games I purchased are digital. There's no physical disc. There's no money in that stuff. I know you're a very proponent of physical media, but I usually get a lot of digital stuff. And so I don't think it's necessary to raise the price. I know business-wise, of course, basically business-wise, the way it works is if you can get away with it, you will. So they're going to try. And so I really hope this doesn't work out. I hope they bring it down and they go back to 60, but I hope a lot of things. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you on that point because I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that. I thought you were going to say like the state of the world with the pandemic that we're still in is like, doesn't seem like the strategic time either, you know, going back even to the business point, this doesn't seem like the most strategic time to raise prices of games. Like maybe hold off a little bit. Let yeah. the new consoles get a little, you know, let them hit the, the ground running a little bit and then go, hey, by the way, you know, now we're going to raise prices and be a little bit more upfront about it, I think, too. It's been a chicken fight, too. It's been a, it's been a very, very much, I think it was 2K Games is the one who started the $70 price point and then other developers are starting to push up a little bit and now more games are starting to look at that $70 price point. It's like they're just trying to see who's going to do it. <laughs> And who, you know, they're trying to see who's going yeah. to pull the gun first. Yeah, yeah. It may be inevitable, but I really hope it isn't. And I hope we get, and yes, and the pandemic is another big point, but obviously that didn't matter. I just saw a study recently that apparently in dire situations, even when people are struggling the most, they tend to spend the most money on frivolous things mm-hmm. because they're trying to make themselves feel better. Yeah, because it just it distracts you. So. Yes, and so that's yeah. kind of, and so that goes into another sense where they're targeting those type of people. I think we're going into a different topic in general. Yeah, we and could I've save this. Point. It sucks. <laughs> it may be inevitable, but God, I hope it's not. I, I agree. And I, I'm curious as to, you know, if you've stuck with this podcast all the way through, what your thoughts are. If you if you agree with, well, I don't know if you agree with it, what you just think about this conversation of the cost of games. And there's a couple ways you can talk to us. And Alan, why don't you share with the share with them what those ways are? Yeah. So it uh, looks like we're trying we're trying to add a plugs segment at the end of it um, to get more communication between us and the community that hopefully we are slowly growing. Right. Right. Uh, I, I wasn't going to just outright say that. I was trying to do a smooth transition. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I destroyed his smooth transition. It's all gravy, uh, baby. Uh, but anyways, if you want to get a hold of us, there's multiple ways to do so. Uh, the most easy way would be just to email us at nerdbackstory, all one word, uh, at gmail.com. I run the Twitter as well. If you'd like to get a hold of me through Twitter, you can at nerd underscore bs you send me a message on there dm uh and if you want to you can join our little discord we have and we've been running this podcast out of we got a couple people in here a couple cool people we like to just discuss about video games uh and we wouldn't mind playing with people as well playing some games would be really fun uh so yeah if you want to get invited to that discord hit me up on either of those places or even uh if i'm going to plug out my personal twitter real quick uh, at SCAD Matrix, S-K-A-D Matrix, all one word. You can send me a DM as well. I can give you Discord, or I can point you in the direction of any of the other cats and ways to get a hold of us. <laughs> uh, we cool. on YouTube and on podcasts everywhere. And so. I do just want to point out, too, as we're closing up, we do pay attention to what we talk about with other people and topics that interest them. In fact, I'm pretty sure this whole thing about PlayStation and listening in was brought to our attention by a friend of ours in the Discord. So, 
you know, it, it helps us out as well as it helps you out. So absolutely. I totally agree. Like I shout out to the guys that joined the discord and thanks for the suggestions. Can't make any promises that we'll pick everything, but we just love to hear what you guys are looking at. Those of us, those of you listening to us, and we really appreciate you guys listening to this. We love everyone for staying with us. Uh, I love you guys. It's always awesome that we're able to get together and, and talk about nerd BS. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. That's been the nerd backstory. Yeah. See you next week. Shoveling more. Yes. Oh God, that again. All right. I'll see you guys later.